What was the first explicit album any y'all ever bought? Um, oh. Biggie's Ready to Die. Ooh. I think mine was Mudvayne. Ooh. Oh, LD40? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Very nice. Well, the, the, the truest true. I got to remember. I got to remember. Maybe it was Illmatic. Illmatic. Nice. Illmatic. Nice. It was that either. It was. It was either Slim Shade or Illmatic. Right. Yep. I remember Shady. I think the first one I got. What do you get, Julio? Tell me first before I say it. Oh, my first visit was Biggie's Ready to Die. And my mom was cool with it. And Biggie's talking about like doing fucking drugs and fucking bitches. And she was fine. She's like, oh, this is a great beat. I throw on Slipknot's Iowa. <laughs> She's like, this is fucking <laughs> devil music. Aww. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of season three of the Built Sideways podcast. I'm your host, Julio. With me, I have uh, Chris Pabs, also known as Chris Pabs. <laughs> I got uh, Brian, the bro builder. Not to be confused with Pabs the Blue Ribbon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> And sitting in the back gathering souls, we got Kyle, the coolest Gumpla builder. Hey, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Am I supposed to jump off this ledge? I think I am. We're all supposed to jump off the ledge. But it brings me back to the starting area. (laughs) Just like life. Could you imagine making a save point in life? Like something happens, you just go back to it. Oh, Oh, I think I would handle decision making a whole lot differently than I do now. If I could just save and then go back to a certain point, like click. Oh, yeah. You would be way more reckless and horrible of a human being. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be a better human being. I'd be a worse human being. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> will not deny. I would be a better person because I'm a shit person now. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's tough because I want to argue both sides as I am both an angel and a demon. Mm, duality of man you got two turtles inside of you <laughs> and they're both, <laughs> both of them are turtling <laughs> <laughs> so for today's episode I was thinking we could talk about your cultural upbringings versus your you know, natural upbringings and how that's affected you in your creative aspects of your life hmm Little, so how did this little, come about? Uh, I was working. Actually, someone someone asked me uh, a similar question recently. And I was just like, that's a really good fucking question. And I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> like, I really got to deep dive and think about this one. So I figured I'd make you guys think for me. Well, oh. what, what I took away from it today when you said it earlier at work oh, so. <laughs> uh, was was. 
um, how your you you specifically what you said to me was you like how your cultural upbringing affects you know your hobby or your creative craft you're working on now. And at first, I when he first said this to me, the first thing I did was I was a very white male and I felt attacked. <laughs> and I was like, and, and I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, that is, sounds weird, whatever. And then I, I took it, I let it marinate for about forty-five seconds to about a minute, and which is pretty specific. And and then I realized that it's an actually incredibly smart question. And it's yeah, it's a good to one to you. ask, <laughs> and it's good, and it's a good thing to talk about too. You know, really for the show, and I think it's a great idea, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It's a very interesting topic because we're all we're all very culturally different. We all grew up separately from you know in different parts of the world, and and obviously, um, in terms of our backgrounds, you know, wildly wildly different. So, yeah, great topic. I think. I like I it. I like it right, guys. <laughs> you do many things right. <laughs> nah. You just don't give yourself credit. That's the only difference. I, I even shit weird. It comes out the left side of my ass. Why only the left? Shouldn't it come down the middle? <laughs> no. <laughs> this sounds gross. like you have a promising career in the circus. You have offset <laughs> cheekness. The man who shits left. <laughs> come on down. Come see him. Look, if you can control it, clearly you can make art with it. So all you have to do is try and focus your powers. You guys remember that dude who put cow shit on a canvas and sold it? <laughs> what? I don't. Yeah. It went up in like the MoMA, dude. Like, Somebody bought his shit? I know, the banana, shit. I know the banana duct tape guy. Mm. Yeah, I've seen that. Before yeah. him was the cow dung dude. Hmm. He hung awesome. cow dung in the MoMA. Uh-huh. Hey, man, that just goes to show that people will buy any dumb thing out there on the market. They really will. So don't Sadly. feel bad about trying to sell your work. Truth. Uh, but I think that this is so I first thought that your your question was um you felt the a tech. little bit that's fucking hysterical <laughs> what's that well i mean yeah i mean yeah okay quote unquote attack you know and because it's just the the natural way you know you know my yeah. choice being you know being whatever the fuck um, you mean? but but it wasn't like <laughs> i wasn't like i'm gonna fight julio i was just like well what the fuck why was my cultural why would my cultural upbringing what is my cultural upbringing whatever and i was like well hold on like what is your cultural upbringing? And I was like, well, I don't feel like I have a cultural upbringing. I'm, I'm fucking Midwest American, you know, That's I'm, the culture. You know, I'm like fourth generation, you know, <laughs> away from anything that is not American, you know, quote unquote. Uh-oh. So, but at the same time, um, you know, really the influences of my family and the things that I experienced growing up and the different, you know, even, um, you know, the my interactions with media and television, cartoons and stuff like that all did play a, a big effect. And I thought all of this, you know, and I, like kind of had a, or I had an inkling, a feeling about all these different things. You know, once I was like, oh, yeah, there was that and there was this. And, and you know what? You're right. Like it, it absolutely plays a big part into the things that um, the things that we value, the things that we work towards. You know, whether it be a standard or um, uh, an endeavor, a creative aspect, uh, a feeling. Um, and then um, also our interaction with it and and other people, because some people are very solitary about their things. Um, I, I have been and I have not, often not. 
and and then also um it it plays into uh a fourth thing that i just forgot <laughs> it just escaped ran out of your brain did it with a namaste my dad always tells me if i forgot something it was probably a lie i was like real nice dad <laughs> it's until you kid all the time. I was like, "Oh, I forgot what I was going to say, Dad." He's like, "Oh, it's probably a lie." I was like, "Oh, great, thanks." <laughs> I, I I feel like there's a fourth thing there, um, and if it if it is actually still a thing, then it will come back to us. Like we look at it that way, you know. Look at it as like a love, yeah. Uh, so free. Pabs isn't the is the only one who wasn't like influenced by American shit. I mean, like, yeah, you got oh, American contrary. shit in the UK, but like like your natural surroundings you weren't like you know in the states yeah i mean so okay this is it's it's kind of funny that way because i was i was more exposed to american culture in the uk than i was in any other place in the world i was i lived in so for those who don't know um so i'm filipino so and i lived a certain amount of time in the philippines and then um my dad uh joined the navy when i was very young and that um gave us the opportunity to to travel and kind of live in different parts of the world so i've i'm very well traveled and even as a as a young young man or younger man um i was very much into traveling to different parts and you know being living in europe i was able to i was i had access to so many places and and um experienced so many things um so when it comes to stuff like what influences my my creativity, it's hard to kind of tack, tack that to just one thing. Um, you know, when, if, if it comes to, let me, let me think about this. Like, for example, like my, my father though, even though he's not technically a creative, so my father is a doctor. So he was also a Navy man. So he's very much kind of, he was very, he's very rigid in that sense, but he's also um, a very talented uh, kind of artist, but he doesn't like to, show it all that often which is very odd so but you know i kind of picked that up from him um my mother um doesn't didn't show much in terms of of art and and, and stuff like that and creativity but she made sure that i nurtured that uh from a young age and, and continues to develop it as i grew older um but yeah in terms of my culture though man it's really hard to it's hard to pin down like you know like i was i was very much exposed to you know, uh, late eighties, early nineties, early two thousands, uh, anime, um, super robo, like we've talked about in the, in, in the past and, and things that, you know, essentially my creativity stems from shit that I found cool as a child, you know, like, Oh man, that's fun. That shit is fucking cool. I want to own that. And then eventually you're like, well, hold on to own it. I have to make it. So let's make it. And then to kind of just, it just rolls from there. And, and um, when it comes to stuff like uh, the model making stuff that obviously that comes very naturally, but when it comes to like the, the creativity from out, you know outside of that, um, a lot of what I do is, is influenced by, by the stuff I was exposed to in my youth. So um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to pin down. Uh, I mean, this sounds like a very roundabout way to say, oh, I don't know, but it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to explore it. So, you know, if you guys want to come with me on this journey, we'll, we'll explore it together. So yeah, you, you only got exposed through TV, right? Well, American like culture. Early, or in an early, like, internet. Yeah. So when it comes so yeah, so TV, so movies and stuff like that um, is, is 
the the earliest I was exposed to American or Amer uh, yeah American life or Americana. Um, it was never really a, a, a really a thing. I didn't know about snow until I was maybe five or six. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, snow isn't American. <laughs> no, but uh, but in terms of like you know your typical American neighborhood, like I was like, wow. That's what that's what America looks like. Wow, that's wild, dude. <laughs> was it city or suburb? <laughs> it was suburb. It was suburb. Like you know, like watching. Um, uh, let me like if you guys think of Hocus Pocus, right? Not the whole movie, but the the the, the one scene where they're walking down the neighborhood and they're getting candy. I was like, holy shit, that's what fucking America looks like. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, dude. No, what you want to watch is a ET. That will show you America suburbia. In the eighties, that I remember, that is the suburbia that I remember. In the middle, but I'm not of in Cali. I'm in the Midwest, Iowa. So yeah, you have to remember that's what we were exposed to. So stuff like so, no, so, of so, course, so, of so, course, I understand completely. Yeah, right. So right. stuff like Hocus Pocus. So, so TV, yeah, TV absolutely was like one of the first things that we that that made it um, apparent that American life is is very much uh, uh, fl- uh, the other side of the coin for us. So it's not. It, it was very different. Um, but yeah. then. Um, yeah, with with the the birth of the internet, that's when you start to go, oh, okay, well, so American life is this and that, and I don't think it's ever really influenced my creativity. Though, if anything, it's kind of stunted it a little bit. You think so, really? Yeah, there's there's not a lot of model creativity in America in terms of what we do. Uh, no, all right, all right. Presently, I agree with you, Kyle. No, there is not a lot of that, but it is still there. Uh, I feel like there is a, a hard underline of. Uh, like craftsmanship there's a lot of these older modelers that have like that knowledge and i have that same shit because maybe it's because i grew up in in fucking iowa and it's like what was it the the uh oh god damn the boys from south park trey and matt trey parker matt stone made mm-hmm. that joke from orgasmo right they they do the the initial like you know the superhero fun uh their second movie orgasmo um the intro is like uh uh i'm gonna send you to des moines or whatever batman like grabs somebody and says i'm gonna send you to des moines which is iowa's capital and they're like oh no and the the whole theory of that whole shit is that like in the year uh 2005 or 2006 iowa is still in 1995 or 1996 so um that whole regressive kind of fucking thing i feel like actually is kind of real so like i grew up in the 80s but with like more of a 70s vibe like the 80s for me had that dude i know it sounds fucked but at the same time like all the regular shit like yeah yeah you can simply blah 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 blah. but at the same time i still have that kind of like but that nostalgia for the fucking like hot rod cars and for the like quality of life the working mentality that i rate i'm blue collar i'm so blue that my blood makes you feel bad <laughs> like <laughs> which is dumb but you know what i'm saying like i'm, I'm just being evil. um so you know like so that shit runs deep on me so um what am i talking about <laughs> <laughs> scale model presence in the states back in the day no exactly and so like that like level of craftsmanship that level of um you know dedication to quality the hot rod era uh just like classic cars uh i grew up 
down the street from a guy that re like restored cars. So there's always hot rods on the street. And that kind of shit affected me. I loved machines growing up. Like, I don't know why I fucking loved like right. the inner workings of stuff, but that's kind of how it is. Like Kyle, you spent a lot of time in, in the military working with trucks and maintaining vehicles and stuff. I assume you have somewhat of a similar fascination for the inner well, workings of mechanics and shit. So like, do you before the military, and this isn't necessarily an upbringing because my, my dad is, he's an accountant by trade. He's, he's a Britishman. My mom was American born, but she grew up in Switzerland. And I actually had a conversation with my mom about this. That was kind of, I don't know how it even came to be, but how I was growing up, I always felt out of place. Mind you, we travel a lot, so I really couldn't lock in on where I could say I'm from. Born in New Hampshire, lived in Massachusetts for a while, then moved down to Florida. And so I was always out of place. But growing up with European families, I grew up under European values. So the whole, you know, classic cars and all the like Americana, even though, you know, I was born in 90, so a lot of that had kind of fizzled out, but I didn't have that. It wasn't what mm-hmm. I was upbringing. In fact, I grew up in a very musically inclined household. My dad played bass. I was constantly surrounded by it. You know, I, I listened to a lot of music. My dad between Christian rock to classic rock, and I didn't listen to modern stuff until well into my teens. So in terms of like exposure to why I like mechanical systems and stuff that that was actually something that just kind of came as a kid i used to tear my bike apart all the time and put it back together because i just loved learning how things worked and uh, the inner workings of things i I tear Mm -hmm. apart remotes that didn't work anymore just to see what oh this is how it is oh it's inside i was always interested (laughs) in learning that stuff um Mm -hmm. i don't think that's necessarily a a environmental driven inspiration or uh, you know this is my personality i've that's your nature yeah. And also I grew up in a household awesome. where we did things ourselves because, you know, you couldn't, we couldn't afford to pay someone to fix something in our house. We had to do it ourselves. So I learned yeah. a lot of hands-on, you know, home improvement shit from my dad because he, he knew enough to be dangerous. He had worked in construction for a hot minute. You know, right. he learned stuff from his dad. And so I had that kind of inspiration to build off as well to kind of fuel my, I like learning things and being hands-on. Well, now I'm learning right. everything hands-on home improvement wise. And that's kind of fueled. Do you think that that initial um, younger experience, you know, that Mm -hmm. um, do it yourself, fix the, you know, fix the problem in the house, whatever it may be, structural, you know, working on uh, fixing a little bit of sheetrock here and there or like Mm. replacing the the water heater or a dryer or whatever. Do you feel like that kind of stuff? um, Do you feel like that directly... Fuck what I'm trying to say. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you it directly tied into scale modeling, the passion for scale modeling? Well, yeah, exactly. Do you feel like that, you know, those those sort of influences affected your, well, your transition, like you said, because you never really did the machinist thing and then you went into the military and you started well, working so with I worked on trucks. cars when I was a kid. Um, so oh, okay. my dad never did it because it wasn't the culture for that. But my very first car... I worked on myself and uh, my friends all had cars and they're like one of my best buddies, his dad was a mechanic. And again, I liked tinkering with stuff and learning things. So it was only, you know, a matter of time that I would look at automobiles and want to do the same thing. I want to tear the engine the, apart. Yeah, I, I was going to say, where the fuck did that come from, Kyle? <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, it's just all that the whole, like, I like learning how things work. And I've, hmm. I've worked on cars through most of my life. Um, from my first car that I got in high school through the cars I've owned while I was in the military. I mean, I've rebuilt three engines. I've done a full suspension kit on a Jeep. I've modified and fabricated parts for, you know, bumpers and all that kind of stuff like that. I've Mm -hmm. dabbled in transmission work to a degree. That's a very 
you need specialty tools for some of this shit. So I've, I've yeah, held off yeah, on working no, on certain precision things. Work, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kyle, yeah. this is fascinating as fuck, yeah. man, because like, it all, I it didn't all comes down to my desire. Before I started working on the mm. damn hover bug that you even had a VW. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I, I had a motorcycle that I bought out of fun. I rode it around, didn't like how crazy the roads were. So I was like, well, you know what? I want to get back into working on vehicles. And I was like, hey, there's this bug for sale. I like Volkswagen Beetles. That's kind of cool. Jeeps are too expensive that, you know, you play the Jeep tax. I mean, I've always had a fascination with seeing how things work. I, I don't know if that's something that was inherently given to me as a kid because my dad doesn't, besides home improvement, he's not a builder. He doesn't do scale modeling. He loves playing space. He's like I said, music. My mom, she, she does art. She paints and stuff like that. So I've, I've had an sure. artistic inspiration as well, which I got from my mom. And I, I love drawing. As we've mentioned in the past, I wanted to get back into drawing and learning. Um, wait, 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 wait. wait. So your mom's over here painting shit and you still ain't pick up color theory? No, because well, my mom dabbles in it. She doesn't even paint. She hasn't painted in like over 20 years. Um, but I get that artisticness from her because my dad's musically inclined and he's logical, but he's not artistic. Like I remember as a kid, I had this thought for some weird reason. I was reliving some memories. And I remember asking my dad, how do you draw an eye? For not realizing that the letter I and your, you know, your eyeball are also, you know, they use the same word, I, I, when you say it. And I wanted him to draw the letter I, like, oh, make it artistic and stuff. And he draws me an eyeball. I'm like, no, dad, draw an eye. He's like, I can't draw. What are you talking about? Like, and I realized how artistic or lack of an artistic skill my dad has in that regard he's he's musical and he's methodical about it like he doesn't know how to read sheet music but he can do it by ear so oh i got the the method i don't know how to say the analytical side of things i get from my dad the artistic side of things i get from my mom kyle do you have perfect pitch no probably not (laughs) i'm curious i'd be interesting to find out if you did I, if dead, I don't know how I, I I don't even think I'm I think I'm partially tone deaf. I think I've got some ear for it, but not really. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> partially tone so, deaf is not a thing to describe. <laughs> I think Kyle yeah. makes a good point. Uh, he said it earlier um, where, uh, you know, they had to they had to fix a lot of things around the house because mm. they couldn't afford you know, to to replace it or whatever, or have somebody else repair it. Like yeah. um, when it like when it comes to me wanting to build stuff. Um, that also stemmed from the fact that uh, I wanted things like I wanted toys or whatever it mm. was, but I could, right. we couldn't afford to buy the toy. So I would have to find a way to to have something similar or, you know, have the same feeling. Mm. Um, I remember as a kid wanting uh, a box car that would, you know, that you could just push down the hill and you'd be in or down the hill. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, we couldn't afford the materials for that. We couldn't do any of that stuff. So I had to make do with what I had and uh, I couldn't find wheels. And I remember just sitting in the box, a cardboard box. <laughs> oh, down this. Come yeah. on, come and on. Then, well, we were, we were, I was in the backyard and we had like a small little grassy knoll. And that, that was my, like, I would try to roll down the hill in the, in a, in a cardboard box. Um, <laughs> that was your first car. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's what I, like, I did that thing to the nines. Like, you know, I mean, I, I made, you know, little dials and shit out of what I, whatever I could find. And, um, you know, stuff like that really helped kind of fuel the, 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 the go, okay, well, you know what? I can't afford it. Why don't I just make something yeah. or why don't I just, you know, or it's the same ideology of, oh shit, this, this kit doesn't have this certain detail. Why can't I just add that detail? 
it's that self-reliance at an early age because then you realize oh I can just do it myself. And you have like that skill set given to you early on and build the confidence in it that you're like, oh, well, if I can do this, then I can probably do this and then this and this. And then I think it like cascades because until you hit a wall, you almost feel invincible about what you're capable of doing once you get that like you spark can. of like, oh yeah, I just do it myself. This is great. I, and I think similar like what Pat was saying, at a young age, I was like, well, my bike chain broke. I'll just Frankenstein from taking parts in that and I fixed because we, we didn't want to buy new bikes. I would get scare, spare parts from my buddies. I made a Frankenstein bike that had a front end from a Diamondback, the frame of a next bike, and then wheels from a Mongoose because those were parts that came to me. And so as I broke, I just Dude. replaced them on there. Fuck yes, Out of necessity, mongoose. you made it work. And I think that spawns a bit of confidence. And then obviously, you know, if you want something, you just do it yourself. And I think that's that comes from that same, same experience that Pabs was mentioning. Um, mongoose was huffy right no huffy and mongoose completely different so you had like gt you had mongoose you had diamondback there's a couple other like high-end bikes that like weighed next to fucking nothing um right. yeah huffy was completely this- different but that was also a walmart brand though huffy. You, buy it from walmart. You, you guys just i had, you a, guys I had just a specialized brought- hard rock so <laughs> you guys just brought me back like yeah you guys gave me a flashback so uh when i was when i was a kid i had a mm-hmm. i had a bmx bike I had a, it was a no brand something that like my that my uh my grandfather had bought me and uh-huh. um we uh the chain broke like it snapped mm-hmm. uh and we as much as we tried to repair it we just couldn't uh, we had to get, either get a new chain or a new bike and we couldn't afford either so yeah. we were like well okay so like what do i do so like for the like for several weeks i was very upset because obviously i couldn't use my bike i couldn't go anywhere mm. with it um so what we ended up doing was um we Remove the pedals, remove the chain, remove the mm-hmm. gear and all that stuff. And we put like a fucking pipe through the hole where the pedal <laughs> used to be. And we just turned it into a fucking scooter. Yeah, just nice. push it and then ride. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Push it and ride. Like we, yeah, we, like I said, we lived on a hill. So um, yeah, I just, I just rode that thing for days, for days, for months. And ah, I think ingenuity. up until, up mm-hmm. until um, my, uh, our grand, my grandfather's house was um, renovated. We, he still had that thing somewhere. Nice. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know where it is now, but it, yeah, we, um, he had it. And Yo, if it still <laughs> exists, I, I can, I can help you 100% rebuild it for probably like $30. Well, it's not even here. I mean, you know, obviously, it's in the Philippines, so I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, but, straight up, okay, man. Yeah. Also, my my grandfather's house was eaten like almost half way through by termites and stuff. So who knows what happened to it? <laughs> you know, going back to what Kyle was saying before, how scale modeling isn't like a a big thing in America. Um, I think that since like the industrial revolution, America's had a undertone of just like statues and that type of uh representation through big and you know statuesque type shit that mm-hmm. eats subconsciously at americans but they just don't know it i i grew up look watching or uh looking at the fucking statue of liberty like how fucking big is this thing really like it's, it's gotta be huge yeah. I went to it as a kid, didn't climb it. Fuck that noise. Whatever. <laughs> That's a lot now. of goddamn steps. Do it now. As a as a, as a as a grown ass man, I've still never seen the Statue of Liberty. And seeing it represented in stuff like video games and movies, it does look like it's towering. It like it towers mm. over fucking 
Well, I don't know where it yeah. is. Where is it? In, it's uh, in the middle Ellis of, Island. Uh, yeah, it's not Ellis Island. It technically belongs to New, New Jersey, Jersey, but New York yeah, claims, nice claims it. Yeah, but um, it, it, I, yeah, I've, been, I've been around it. I've been a, a few hundred feet from it, but out on the ocean. Or Which the way water. does she face? Does she Island. face towards New York? No, no she she's out, she's out into the ocean. Like yeah. Into the ocean, she welcomes yeah. travelers. Okay, so yeah, so when you if you you know what you watch any movie, whether it's Ghostbusters or fucking I can't remember any of you that she was in, um, because he looks like it's, she's towering over fucking the fucking city, and yeah. then mm-hmm. it turns out she's actually not that big at all. I'm like, oh, it's perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's perspective shots. Well, remember when yeah, she was made? Yeah. She made in the early 1900s. You know, mm-hmm. so towers, buildings weren't that tall back then. So she was a massive figure in comparison but now skyscraper technology has just mm-hmm. you know boosted what we can build in terms of what we could back then so yeah she's she's minuscule in comparison yes yeah, as, as a kid i was fascinated by that whole uh that whole thing and then uh spending time as a metal worker learning how that kind of stuff goes together also was like uh also kind of uh rewarding and fascinating as well how badly so, do you want to refinish the statue of liberty <laughs> not at all i, I love no? the patina no. are you kidding me the first thing okay so haha when i moved into the city <laughs> and i started doing my so it came i did construction blah, blah 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 did a lot of things uh came to the city because i was like i want to be a painter and then i started doing the painting thing and i was like hey, i'm not in the, the art world sucks <laughs> well no it's not even that the painting world sucks there it, there's a, a lot of money that can be made but i am not that person you, so, you gotta really sell yeah, it's a certain caliber to pull that pretentious bs about oh my art million down like it's a they're, not artists at that point. The they're just businessmen that know how to put paint on a wall you know dead ass and i didn't even realize how much so until i've uh freelanced as an art handler while metalworking after i decided that i wasn't gonna do the art stuff and mm-hmm. that is a whole different podcast so <laughs> um but working with the metalworking stuff helped me get even more in touch with my love of the machinery and shit like that so julio you grew up in the city right you know like you know I grew up in the plains. I had all this other crazy shit around me. Chris grew up a lot of different places. Kyle too also moved around quite a bit different kind of stuff. So you have been like very like you've been here. You've been in, here in in Brooklyn like the whole damn time, you know. And then and you are also <clears throat> obviously wildly creative. You have like you know your art uh, education. You have your history as a creative in the art field, uh, doing a lot of different three D stuff. But now with just honing it back into scale modeling away from your, you know, professional aspects, like how does the, like, I know you've been in a bit of a stymie for the last year, but that's not here nor there, but I'm talking about like your, your goal. Cause like we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Chris often brings up uh, mantis and then the rhino and then your, your, your open your world you're kind of creating like how does that all you know like where what what do you let me let me see if i can put it in a different term like how where does your world building stem from um uh being a very creative person <laughs> where does that come from? i mean like so cow wanted to take everything apart and I felt that 
because I, the first time I took a, a train, a subway, I was like, how the fuck does all this work? <laughs> like, is there an engine in a train? Where are all the fucking wheels? And I'm like six, seven. Like, what do? How do? What? How? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't take it apart because they put me somewhere if I tried. <laughs> Little boy, where'd you get that screwdriver? Don't ask. No, you just gotta um, think about it. And you know, write, read up on training and shit. And it's, it really is like the evolution of uh, man through technology. And that shit is bugged to me, man. Like, mm. really, really bugged. Hmm. Um, but world building, living in a hard, <laughs> cold fucking city, it's brick out here right now, guys. Um, it definitely gave me that, like, uh, dystopian, you know, feel mm-hmm. in my head. Like, I can definitely see Blade Runners and shit happening for real. And you take bits of that, you take bits of things you like, like fucking Transformers blew my mind when I was a kid. Like holy shit! How, my, um, my culture was definitely like TV <laughs> as a kid. And how far away this. do you live from uh, Hudson Yards? Uh, I'm like 10, 20 minutes, maybe. Right. Wait, and, uh, 10, 20 uh, minutes in New York, Hudson Yards, minutes, the rest of the world. What about the other way? What about where Barclays is? The other side. They don't talk about that side. They talk about Hudson Yards sometimes, but they don't talk about the other side. They don't talk about the Brooklyn side, where Barclays is, and where that whole shit. Where they leveled all the housing? Yeah, they flanned a lot of shit. They took out the whole train yard that was there. Which yeah, is very fucking cool to is see. That close man. to Diagon Alley? No, <laughs> no. It says, uh, it says Harry Potter. Uh, what? That was in New York. <laughs> no, no, but it's the same kind of thing. Like just like a uh, eminent domain and and weird policies, and then for what end? You know, yeah. city's always evolving. No, but I feel like that that kind of stuff also because Julio, that is your that is your hometown, you know. Uh, that kind of stuff probably. I mean, no, it's I'm definitely not here to try and tell you who the fuck you are, but I'm just trying. To, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's I definitely guess that's thing. Me, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's thrown in like a. I can't I, I can't see a surface and be like maybe that could use a little art on it, or you know everything I own I customize like mm-hmm. day, tables desks rooms though i need it to be me mm. and me is like a big uh sponge from this city i think i think that's um i think that stems from the fact that you live in such a cramped city like you mm. know like anything that you can't that you can personalize you have to because that's got to be yours because you know mm. um even in terms of because i i could kind of just trying to think back on like you know you know, kind of living the way we lived in my, in my youth, like whatever you could own, you had to make yours. Otherwise, you know, it might not be in, in, uh, you know, in, in time. So I think, yeah, I think in terms of your, not just living situation, but the, 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 the city that you live in, you know, anything that you can make unique is I think important. Yeah. And if someone else sees it all the fucking better. Oh, you saw my shit, right? You like that? <laughs> like that shit? You like and that? A, a lot of that lives in the scale model world. Like, we'll make something and we'll show it to somebody and be like, "You saw that shit, right?" Ah, <laughs> you hold like on. That shit. Let me let me say this though. It only it lives in a certain aspect of model making because there are there are old heads out there that have to make something 
super accurate to, oh, to yeah. the measurements to the degree. And it has to be exactly like a, as it should be if it were standing one-to-one scale in front of you, right? So it's not, there's a, there's a uniqueness to the techniques that they um, deploy to make that happen. But when it comes to the final finished product, I wouldn't call it unique. I would call it accurate. Yeah. The, the matching of the source versus, hey, I, I took a spin on this and it's really cool how I went off the rails and changed it up from how it's normally supposed to be. That's the part I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can make a fucking tank with eight legs. Let's go. I generally, think it's, I generally think it's why I've stayed away from armor and war and auto and plane for so long. Like it just, it didn't breed the the creativity that I was I was like hungry for when mm. I started. Um, you know, like when it when it comes to stuff that are that's fantastical, it 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 you can't help but but breed creativity from it because it it doesn't exist one to one. Well, it didn't used to. There is one to one stuff now. True, but, but yeah. it, it didn't exist. Those. Right. <laughs> well, no, but somebody did. But like you know, it 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 doesn't exist. So therefore, it can be whatever the fuck you want to. What yeah. you know, whatever the fuck you want it to be that was in your brain. Now you can translate it to to a physical medium. That isn't, you know, pen and paper or screen. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, you know, being at the time, like being creatively frustrated, I think that was like why I gravitated to it so much. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, why can't who you, doesn't like why, well, Chris, why can't you just, why can't you just do the other, you know, like, why, why do you have to go that way? Why can't we just do that? You know, why can't. Why? We just make hover beetles and yeah, take a whatever and make a whatever. It doesn't, you know, like, why not? Take a whatever, what make I'm, a whatever. That's that's what I'm saying, right? So when when it comes to stuff like, or let's say let's say cars, for example, uh, you know, mm. outside of the hover the hover stuff and all, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Are, no, 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 that's just easy vessel. Yeah. Well, what are what are cars usually built like in terms of model scale? What are they built? towards All right what kind of aesthetic do people go for what what um what is the outcome that usually people strive for when it comes to stuff like somebody wants to build um fucking skyline or or a ferrari mm-hmm. 599 mm-hmm. right what is sure, it clean, people want to, shiny to every aesthetic no no no, yeah. no every aesthetic though that's the thing what matters more is the um the onus and the dedication towards the craft right towards the specific material representation so right so you can do whatever the fuck you want but do it right right but in terms of and and this is i'm not labeling everybody but everybody who, who builds a car wants it to be as what the car usually is presented to you if it were in front of you it's not so the hoverbug, the fantastical stuff. That's awesome, and I love it. And then that's what I that's what I gravitate towards. But yeah, when no, it comes fun, to yeah. stuff like when it comes to stuff like that, when it comes to stuff like cars and stuff like that, it's always about the techniques applied, the the uniqueness of the techniques applied to be able to get it to look like how it should be one to one. Sure, that's yeah, pretty common sure. common thread with that source yeah. material. I've always I've always gathered that because yeah, you don't ever see someone just make a rusted Ferrari. 
Because no one wants to see a Ferrari. You do, they want to see a clean, or, streamlined Ferrari. Honestly, it's now, Kyle, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Well, maybe not Ferraris, yeah. okay? Because Ferraris, they're not rustable, I don't think, for the most part, right? All cars are fiberglass. Corrosion, corrosive materials where they can degrade. No, I, think and, that, I think that a lot of fire, Ferraris are fiberglass. Well, think like but, 90s Ferraris where it's made of you know, aluminum steel. I, whatever, yeah. potato, tomato, brother. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm not trying to split <laughs> hairs with you. What I'm saying. What, yeah. Yeah. what I do like now, though, is that um, so while cars are, are still um, kind of they kind of still follow that very strict guideline of, you know, it has to be how it should be if it were presented in front of you. Now people are kind of taking kind of uh, a different route and be like, okay, well, what kind of, what kind of car do I want it to be in front of me? Do mm. I want it to have a wide body? Should I fabricate a wide body? Should I, should I add yeah, like the fucking body modifications? What kind of, yeah. What kind of rims, what kind of engine should it have? Like, so people, so while it's not, um, it's still, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, kind of, gush out the the creativity that say something fantastical would have like a hover bug or whatever or mm. or a, a, whatever a, yeah yeah whatever right it's still now it's stemming a different kind of creativity where you know well i've never owned a fair lady z what kind of fair lady z do i want to own mm. and it's that's and that's it fucking cool yeah yes that I was just thinking about that, about how so I you know Paz and I grew up in the car culture where you know why do we go to you know scale model like you know difference between Americana. I'm trying to piece together my thoughts here, but when we were talking about like American culture and how that plays a role, a lot of people get into cars. You know, when it comes to a hobby, whether it's JDM or American Muscle or other type of imports, a lot of like, and it's been the same for a lot of European people too. When you're young, having a car is amazing. And the car culture is like, yeah, I'm going to buy parts and stuff. That's where I'm going to spend all my money, my dis- disposable income. Most young people don't get into scale modeling. It's, 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 it's a niche hobby versus what the overall people want to get into. But when you can't afford that and you want to do something yourself, you're like, oh, well, I'll just build a scale model. Like, like Pat said, I want a fair lady Z. You know, those things are fucking hard to get at a decent price. Mm-hmm. Never mind in a condition that, you know, you want to put the time and oh, I have to learn sheet metal fabrication, all that stuff. But, well, no. I'll just buy a model of it. I can get everything I want for right. you know 10% of what you would pay for a true fairly and Z and all the fabrication work and everything. It's it's you get, more obtainable. You get you get a, of a healthy amount back from the action of just producing the model to your own specification. So there is mm-hmm. like that nice. the Simple joy of right yeah. building the out of the box, you know kit like I I did with the uh, you know the Yanko. Uh, I did a little custom mm-hmm. color whatever basically the same shit uh, but like doing that extra part you know putting mm. your own personal touch on it yeah, that is like and, and it's so much more cost effective obviously uh, mm. yeah i feel like you can you can express yourself in a much more manageable standpoint Paz, you, you were gonna say something yeah so okay so just just as a funny offshoot of of that kyle so um we were talking mm. about culture and, and how that kind yeah. of cultivated some of this right so mm. um in my uh, very early Oh, late teens, early twenties, I found myself a Mazda RX-7 FC3S for seven thousand oh. pounds. So seven thousand pounds. That's pretty good back then. Yeah. So that roughly translates to maybe anywhere at the time anywhere between twelve to fourteen thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I had saved up enough money because I, I at this point had been working since I was thirteen years old. So I managed mm-hmm. to amass like a certain amount of money, and I was like, okay, well. I can I can afford this and I can I'll make this my project car and you know, kind of build it up because yeah. it was it was not in the best condition but it wasn't in the at a point where it was like oh man I gotta have to do so much to this thing to be able to mm. 
to to piece it together. So you know, kind of the with the knowledge or the very limited knowledge I had, I bought this. I bought the uh, um, I believe it was a nineteen eighty seven. Um, Ooh, uh, that's a good burnt, body. I like that body. <laughs> burnt umber uh arc 7 fc3s i wanted to i wanted it to be white kind of like uh the initial d car the mm-hmm, sure. uh, F- fc3s from from um the red suns um uh team and that was kind of where the name my name stemmed from my original name Your fucking um, youtube keeps coming back brother <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I picked up on it i picked on it a couple episodes ago and then like i just like i've just been backing off until you now named it out so yeah. all right so, there it is <laughs> So, so I bought that thing and, you know, it needed a ton of work and it, the engine needed work. The transmission was, was iffy. And then, you know, anybody who knows, um, the, uh, the 13 B twin rotary on that thing, um, road, rotary car uh, engines are very, uh, finicky and, uh, very testy. Even back the then. reason why only Mazda was using them up to a certain point. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, starting, starting that thing, like I, had underestimated how much work and how much knowledge you actually have need to be able to get anywhere near this. So I started working on a transmission. I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of work. It needs so many parts. So all the, the parts I need while they were somewhat available, it was still, you know, at the time, you know, I'm still like a, a, a you know, uh, 18, 19, 20. Ish, you just say little kid. <laughs> no, no, I can't be a little kid. Like but, 10 year old pegs. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, like it wasn't like, it was like, oh my God, this is very difficult. And that project car sat there for, for many years and, um, you know, not realize. And I think that's kind of why it, it kind of spurned me from building any kind of car, uh, mm. car, kits for for the, a very long time i was like man like you know the like it, it's just so much work and 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 you know it it's why i guess i gravitated more towards kind of more simpler things like model kits and, and shit so yeah just as a, yeah just what you had said Kyle, just reminded me of it and mm. um well, it, I, every day i miss that definitely thing. a task like of the cars i've had to work on so i mentioned about having to rebuild motors I had to rebuild motors because that was the only car I had. So one was a 1992 BMW 325 CI. I'd blown the head gasket on that fucker. Didn't know that the radiator was clogged and then the, the thermostat uh, had wouldn't switch. So I was running it hot, not realizing it, and I, I blew the head gasket. So out of necessity, because this is my first car in the military, I was like, well, and we had a, there was a mechanic shop on base that you could, it's called the auto hobby where you can pull your car and you can work on it and they give you the tools and you just pay for the time to, to do it and they'll have like mechanics that can kind of help you and so i was like well i've dabbled in cars i like the aspect i think i can do this not realizing how much money and time goes into you got to get the heads milled you got to get everything reseated it's a bmw and they compare they put everything on top of everything and i learned a valuable lesson that there is a lot of things you have to troubleshoot to make sure a car is back to roadworthy, especially when dealing with heating issues. I replaced so much stuff, not realizing that all I had to do was replace the radiator and this shit would have fixed its all, a lot of problems and obviously get the heads milled and regasket. But, but I sold the car to a German uh, fighter pilot technician who immediately fixed what the problem was and then sold it for twice the value. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You got Dwight shrewded. Um, yep. But yeah, so, so yeah. Like, <laughs> you um, really did. <laughs> I learned a valuable yeah, so, lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. But um, like I was in way over my head, not realizing mm-hmm. that I was in over my head. And um, 
it and i i back to kind of the, the topic i i always uh, admire um the technique some uh, some car models um deploy to be able to get their stuff to be to be accurate to the actual you know the actual car that they are building and mm-hmm. um you know the, and i'm not knocking anybody who's trying to get accuracy out there because that's that's fine it just for me personally it just doesn't spread that creativity that's something like oh you know there's an rx78 fucking in front of me what can i do to it because mm-hmm. you know outside of um outside of uh i can give it a wide body kit i can do that do this and that it's it's still at the end of the day something that's real that's out there that's standing or sitting in somebody's garage yeah Yeah, and it's yeah it's it's designed rigidly and and i'm more of i'm more of a well i want to i want flowy i want you know kind of want to maybe add a radiator here question then i think that's great what's that kyle so we all seem to be on the same wavelength that we want to we are our driving motivations of why we do in a hobby or what's kind of pushed us is creativity. What do you think in our lives sparked that need for creativity? Like, was it just something that we were born with or was there an environmental impact hmm. that, that like, Hey, I like being creative. What I want to do more of this. Like, I mean, is there anything you guys can think of in your lives that may have like pushed that whole you, desire for creativity? You know, Kyle, I think it was the Maybelline. The Maybelline? Maybe she's Maybelline. no um i think i think i think it's absolutely cultivated i think if it wasn't for um my dad kind of pushing the the artistic side of him um no no, kind of showing his artistic side every now and then Mm -hmm. and my mom kind of pushing it um i don't think i would uh be as creative as i am now or at least I, i i wouldn't know how to express it the way i do now and i think it's something i want to pass on to my son i don't think my my son would be creative if i don't if i don't cultivate it um yeah you know because you know, my yeah my, my wife um my wife is also very creative she's 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 into the painting and she's into mm-hmm. the the um embroidery if i if i say the wrong thing she'll get really crochet embroidery no it's not crochet don't that. do that it's totally different man yeah it's totally it's different. Getting, yeah. right is it, no, no. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Yeah, hold so, up. Like needlepoint style or? I don't, um, I'm not. I'll I don't have to know. talk to Laura about this specifically. My mother is <laughs> also. You're supposed to remember these style. details. Come on. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No problem. But, no problem. But like, yeah. So, so my wife is also very artistically um, adept. So like she's very, um, she wants to make sure that art Parker picks, picks these things up because mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, being creative is one thing, but being able to express your creativity is a whole other yeah. other thing. So, um, you know, I think I think we have to being being how you, how you were raised and and the environment that you're in absolutely is it may it might not um, it might not uh, breed creativity or it might breed creativity, but it won't um, it might not show you how to express it. Hmm. That, that was the problem I had growing up, like. Neither one of my parents really like pushed creativity, but they didn't deny it either. It was just like, hey, you do you. And, you know, it wasn't like, oh, do you? I like this. They, they didn't really like throw stuff my way. I mean, I made things work and they didn't tell me not to do it. It wasn't like, oh, don't tear that apart or don't put your bike back together. You need that to go to school. Like they didn't ever say no, but I didn't get like like resources dumped into my presence to fuel this creativity. And so right. Pat's a good point. Like, it's one thing to have the desire. It's another thing to have the, the 
the direction, I guess would be the, by, you know, how I interpreted that statement. Sure. And like for me, I was just like, ah, I have all this one desire to do stuff, but I don't really know how to do it. And I think that's probably why, even though I got into scale model at a young age, it never really kicked off. Cause like, hey, I like building. I'm getting that satisfaction of the, the, the constructability and deconstruction, but the whole going beyond that, I didn't know that I could do anything. I didn't really have any skill set or, or I was just like, ah, this would be cool right. if I could do this. And then that's it. I didn't really go in from oh, there because no. I didn't know how to do it or, or have any inclination of what to do next. And I think I that's can a absolutely thing. relate with yeah. you on that, Kyle, like building those models when we were at that younger age. Mm. But I'm curious, like Julio. So like your your modeling and your like where you're <laughs> sorry, motherfucker, <laughs> pulling it back to Julio. I want to hear from you, man. <clears throat> um wow. That's a hell of a question, Brian. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, the first scale model I built was probably like a Epion, HG Epion when I was a kid. Because nice. Toonami took over my life once I saw anime. I was so like, was that like oh, 90s? Anime's on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, 2000s? Yeah. If it was when like, Toonami was doing it? Like mid-90s. Yeah, early, uh, early 2000s. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, uh, it wasn't until recently I picked up uh, a Death Scythe, HG Death Scythe, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put one of these together. And that shit exploded. Because I'm Manny, Manny it, introduced me to you uh, yeah. at Anime NYC in 2018. No, it was 2019. No, it was 2018. You're right. You're 2018. Right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on the GBN, GBWC was there, yeah, right? I didn't enter. I was. I had been up for forty six or forty eight hours at that point, <laughs> and had time. three Heinekens when I met you. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I was a little loose. <laughs> but yeah, going to like that made me want to make more shit. I was like, ooh, I like this. There's a lot of cool stuff here. Well, oh, I mean, if that's like, like it. yeah, come on, Kyle. yeah. Did did you have like a desire? Because you you have a an artistic background in your career as well. Yeah. So like, did you have that desire, or were you like in a fruitful environment where you're like, oh yeah, I'm getting, I'm fucking, because you draw and stuff. Like, were you like getting that itch, and you knew what you were doing about it, or were you just like, ah, fuck it, let's see where the line, the pen goes, if I just squiggly like this, and hey, it did something like. What was your like experience growing up with your creativity? Because it didn't just come from you buying the Epion. Nah, I, I thought you meant in scale modeling. I'm, no, I'm thinking general because we're, we're, we're talking uh, about the exposure and then eventually it gets to the scale modeling. So growing up, my mom was like, oh, that's real nice what you're making. She never <laughs> she was never like, oh, dude, you know, keep making stuff. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Try to draw this. Do that. Well, you have your brother, right? You're the older brother, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, and you know, I just kept trying every medium I could. I was like, oh, what does this do? How do you make this work? It was like charcoals and, you know, uh, what do you have any it? success? Cray pies. What do you mean? Yeah, dude, I fucking love cray pies. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, hell yeah. 
They're so oh. nuts compared to crayons. Like they're gnarly. Like yeah. people don't even know cray paws. Yeah. They work hard. I just use pastels, oil pastels. Well, I mean, in a way, yeah. but they have like, there's a textural thing. There's, oh, yeah, I'm I know sorry. that. I, I, have like a, I, I always went pastels instead, but yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, Brian. Well, I wish kind of pastels, but no, but Julio, so. Went to school. <laughs> they gave us shit. <laughs> I stole it, no, brought it home with me. <laughs> but, but so, Julio, so you're doing the, the drawing, the technical, the. What was where, it? Where? How? You're learning all the medias. Yeah. And then, you know, I uh, it was in junior high school, I think it was. It was like, should I try to, like, really jump into some type of art field or should I try to get a real job, as my mother put it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, I went to high school for animal science and. I was like, this is real fucking hard. <laughs> I'm not enjoying myself. Like I'm learning, but I'm not, I'm, I don't love this. Hmm. And uh, so for college, I was like, I got to try more. Like I can't just, you know, do stuff I don't want to do. And I pushed myself to get into art more. And I started learning programs and, you know, started making 3D stuff, like, playing video games. Like, oh, I want to make a fucking video game. I'm going to have to learn this stuff. And, it really was. I had to push myself. I don't, I don't mm. know. I didn't have a lot so, of. So the way they have like they have like specialized high schools in New York. For yeah, they for whatever you're for whatever you want to do. do. Yes, sir. Technical school. Wild. Yeah, they got oh, all so, the cool. so cool. Everything. So like so like the 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 school that I went to in Iowa that like almost with the uh, <laughs> oh history yeah. I got pushed out of life. So uh, interesting. Hmm. Would have been good to have that opportunity. Maybe I should have grown up in fucking New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. No, it man, definitely would have been a different experience. Great. Well, no, and it's interesting that you had that opportunity to um, pursue an avenue and then reflect upon where your interests were and where you wanted to try to get to, to fulfill yourself. And then you took those actions. Like, that's fucking admirable, man. I'm, Mm. That's dope. Yeah. And your Keep models are dude. No oh, one knows yeah. you, Julio, but your models are awesome. Models are good. They're all right. You know, it's, uh, what's funny it's crazy is I'm making my models into animals now. <laughs> it's all coming full circle. That's and, great. Oh, what's funny, too, is that, um, and this is kind of backwards from, from what I had mentioned earlier, but like the, the uh, depravity of, um, of having creativity taken from you actually spread my creativity more so i was gonna say ask oh. about that yeah much much like julio yeah. i am also in the creative field so i was mm. a you know, I've been a graphics designer for 16 years um yeah 17 years oh god um and <laughs> you know when, when bigger <laughs> yeah and anybody who anybody who has been in that field in that in that um that profession you know, I can tell you there are times where you work for people who just don't have a creative bone in their body and any creativity you have goes right out the fucking window because they just want the most generic ass shit from you or the description of the job isn't exactly what the job actually entails. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, uh, I found myself, um, gosh, maybe 10 Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while, but like you know, I found myself in a in a position where my creativity was just being like just vampired, 
out of me. Yeah. Like just sucked out no, of me. It's like, totally it was, a juice box. And when corporate sucks on it, <laughs> yeah. they suck. It was, here's here's the fucked up thing too, because it wasn't the, it wasn't the corporate like culture of it, but it was it was actually the art director. So uh, he's a fucking lackey, is what he is. Yes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna name, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. name the company. I'm not going to name the 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 art director because that's Stuart McCafferty, <laughs> West sixty two eighty third Street. No, no, no. Steve Doublewind. So, <laughs> so um, I had been working very hard on uh, for a couple of days on a certain project that uh, this man knows that I am working on. And um, I had to deploy some very creative solutions to some very unique problems at the time. And, and I'm not going to get into it because it was, this was a while ago. And um, whilst having a conversation with the art director, the art director, the man who directs the art, essentially, in this company, right? He went ahead and told me, and at the time, I, I already had well over a decade of experience under my, my, my belt, Man goes and tells me I have no creativity. Ooh, whoa! I, so I kid you not, man. Like you, we were on the phone, and I was silent for a good minute or so. I was like, I, like, just trying to process what this man had just said to me. Like living my life in such a creative manner, and then somebody telling me, who, by the way, didn't have a creative bone in their body, mm-hmm. who the tells fuck me, are you? tells me that I was not creative. I was like, are you kidding me? So. That I went home. Obviously, I was very angry, and mm. um, my 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 wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, you know, comforted me and, and kind of you know tried to try to cool my head. And um, you know, I kind of had a, a very long and hard look at myself and going, okay, well, why the why why the hell did he say that? Mm. Like, I am, mm-hmm. like you know, I'm not gonna say that I am um shattering barriers here but i'd like to think that i've lived my life very creatively i've been a very creative person i've you know i've i've done this for most of my adult life and um i had realized the job is not creative at all like Uh the the job itself was was removing that element yeah it was removing that element of creativity that i've i've strived for for so long and i didn't even realize it at the time and I was like, okay, well, what can, what the hell can I do about this? Because my job doesn't, you know, like looking at my job, it's just not, it's not giving me the creative avenue I needed. I started to get very creatively frustrated. And then I was like, well, what, what is it that I used to do to help me in, in times where I, um, I, I could let some of this creativity out? And I was like, well, you know, what? well, I used to, I used to do models. I can do, I can kind of do that again. Mm. Um, you know, the, and then the other path was like, oh, well, you know, I also did a little bit of prop making. Maybe I can do some of that again. Um, but, you know, and then my uh, my wife was like, well, well, again, Ben, my girlfriend, she was like, well, you know, why don't you see what's available to you? See where, where we can go with this. And she had bought me an airbrush and I was like, well, that that means I have to do this now. And I found, you know, I found a model kit um, out in the wild and kind of the rest is history. And, you know, just that that spurn of that one individual telling me that I wasn't creative in an, a non-creative environment where there should have been creativity really spurned me on to be like, I need to be creative. I need to yeah. find that passion of that that whole thing again. And um, that's, you know, while it was very frustrating and while that guy was indeed a bit of a bellend, it... <laughs> You know, no, I am <laughs> not familiar with that one. 
<laughs> I am wow, very thankful. On, I, am, I actually don't I know am, that word. <laughs> it's okay. We'll just leave it at that. Chris, I want to say that I've heard that story before, and every time I fucking hear it, it wells my heart with fucking emotion. Because, like, it's fucking, that's good shit. Man. Yeah, man, it, it it brought me back to this, and and you know, yeah. and like I said, even though that guy was what you know, he said what he said and all that stuff. Bellin. I think if it wasn't if it wasn't for that, I would be I would still be stuck at that job, not really figuring out why I felt so frustrated with it, mm. and I wouldn't be here now talking about model making on a podcast that we've created, um, as a creative avenue for us to have a discussion. And, you know, having built all the things that I've built, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to think about. So, mm. um, I'm thankful in that regard, but also fuck that guy. Cause he was a piece of shit. <laughs> fuck him. Fuck guy. So perhaps <laughs> as you've, as you've, cause I'm, I'm familiar with that story as well. And, and, um, here's the thing that makes me a little bit different. And I don't mean like, oh, I'm better or worse. So I don't work in a creative field. I have not ever worked in a creative field. I, I've, I'm, you know, from manual labor to working as a truck driver in the military managing cargo movements to now i work in construction management building buildings and making sure the finances and the people are doing their jobs there's not a creative aspect in anything i do yet i love every moment of it i'm i have a creative tendency but i'm not a creative person i have a desire to be creative but i'm not a creative person like if I'm going to compare apples to oranges when it comes to these guys versus me, mm. I am a methodical engineer at best. I like the uh -huh. how things work. And I think my design follows suit with that. And I'll explain a little more, Brian. Um, so I talked about earlier how I loved seeing how things work. I mean, I grew up watching how things are made and all that. And I used to have like the the, the, the vehicles we drive and all that. And I learned about the minutiae of how things, and I, I prided myself in always learning, okay, I know how a differential works. I know how different gearboxes shift and what a four to one ratio is and all that. And like the mechanical minutiae and the firing order of cylinders and yada, yada, yada about vehicles. And then every other, and then even construction, I learned structural, you know, um, engineering. We learned about civil. We, I understand how to do redrawings and all that. I understand how to do moment calculations, yada, yada, yada. Love math. Cause it's, you just use the right equation. It's as simple as that. There's not much creative thought required in any of those systems. It is factual. No, but there are yeah. micromanageable, man manageable. So I'm going to butt in because you mentioned yeah. me and I'm going to butt my butt in. Stop <laughs> butt Brian, in. Show me that butt. I'm going to be a butt. I'm going to butt like in. You like the color oh. five? <laughs> you put out your right cheek or your left cheek? I'm just asking for a friend. Oh man, no! It's 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 a scatter pattern. It's best. Uh, I drink too much bourbon. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I joke. Um, uh, oh man, those that know know. Um, anyhow, um, but <sighs> say your piece, Brian. <laughs> Put the words into your mouth and then yeah, your lips. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this while Brian is thinking about what he's what he why, while he structures his his um his thought. Um, Kyle, I think you. I still have another half are, of this discussion, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with what you said because while you are not professionally creative, you are a creative. Mm -hmm. Like so, this leads to the second half. Um, um, so I talk about like everything I've ever had in life has always driven to the mechanical systems and things, how do they work, all this. And 
the desire for creativity has always existed in me. I've always been art, artist, artistic to a degree, but always my skill in art was I copied pictures I saw. Oh, cool. I like that image. I copied it. I learned how to basically be a human printer. I didn't understand perspective perspective or form or any of that. I have no understanding of that. And that's why I wanted to learn it because I want to be able to draw those things, but I need to learn these fundamentals first. So the aspect of creativity that always seems to elude me that I've had a desire towards is when someone creates a design for a frame for a car or bike or any type of system or how there is a form of creativity that's built into that system because there's some systems don't actually exist. So an engineer has to be creative in how they reconstruct something and then make it physically work. So there is like an artistic value to at least in my opinion, like how the gears mesh together in a clock, how a water balloon is formed to build elasticity, but also break apart. Like there's a whole uh, artistic value that underlays the mechanical systems that people have to construct, but we don't ever put credence in that in, in the world of engineers because we have to think of systems that work, the mathematics behind it, it, you know, the longevity of parts, all this, and then cost. We don't think about how you have to be creative on how you assemble all these systems together to make something that actually works and i feel like that's moved into my art um in design for scale modeling why i'm so good at building robots because those are mechanical systems they're moving parts they're all this but also why i have trouble when it comes to painting figures or any of that because um that's that's the thing i desire but i don't have the backing behind and i'm like how do i take this two plus two equals four concept with mathematics and apply it to this free-flowing doesn't have don't a, even, a equation Kyle, don't, even, don't even worry. Don't even worry about it, Kyle. Just go well, for it. I think it's that's not that I'm worried about. Deal. I just don't know how to bridge the gap because my brain thinks in numbers, not in colors. No, I'm Stop thinking. <laughs> that's the problem. I'm an engineer. I have to think. Everything's about thinking. Everything's about problem oh, no, solving. No, about I'm crazy. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I am. I am over everything. I'm 100 percent all the time. I mean, how do you make a remote control gun? This is on top of a Humvee. Like, that was a problem-solving technique that came of war. It's crazy. <laughs> so you guys know about the crow think system? About it. The crow I'm system is crazy. I, I, so uh, I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. There's a crow <laughs> system that's it's basically a remote control, like right. 249 Bravo or 50 Cal. Right. It's attached to a Humvee or an MRAP. I was like, right. my God, war is, is ridiculously horrible, like murder and all that. But the ingenuity mm-hmm. that comes out of war and how we create these efficient yeah. killing machines my is crazy. Thought is, my first thought is, is Kyle, is, is the is the um, is the turd automated? Is there servos? How many servos yeah. are there? Is the how what Within conditions that system, are there? Probably like ten or fifteen. Are there dust shrouding? Is there yeah. dust shrouding? Um, yeah, more likely because um, I'm going to think that they're gonna at least going to need like six, if not eight, and then yeah. they're going to they're well, and then from that point, where do you talk about armor? Like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to do like disposable armor? Or do you want to do like heavy armor? <laughs> like, well, when you have visibility, stop. you have to have camera systems. It, but the thing is, you don't have to think about it. It's already been thought out. An engineer figured it out, and through creativity, they made it work, and it looks cool. Yeah. No, and, but I could probably figure something better. <laughs> like, sorry, but, but, like, but no, I, I will take. I will take your guys. Yes, I have a creative thought, but I think the way my creativity works is a little bit differently, and I think that's what makes it difficult for me to be creative. And I, I want to say my entire life it's been that way. Like math is easy for me. 
being mechanically inclined is easy for me, but then being artistic is not. And I, I have a desire for that. I want to be creative. I mean, like Paz was saying, he was in this hole where he's like, oh, I need to break free from this. Like, you know, not realizing the life was being sucked out of you. Like, I have that same desire, but I don't know how wow. to cross that threshold in the same way you guys do. So, yes, I have an output of creativity. You see okay. what come from me, but it's not as easy as you think it is because I don't know how to – it's left brain, right brain kind of nonsense. I don't know. Um, but how, how do, okay. I don't know why my brain just thought of this, but how the fuck do you have carpet tacks? But then if you walk on the edge of your room, you don't step on them. Because they're in the tack strip that goes around the outside that is usually pneumatically nailed into the exterior of the. Yeah, but if you walk the, on the, ex, the, if you walk along the perimeter, no, no, but, you don't step okay, on so it because it's, it's so, inside so what by happens, a quarter of an inch. Yes, of course, but the, the tax strip goes around, but then there is a layer of a polyfoam or some sort of like foam that is usually laid inside, but it. the carpet goes on top of that. Yeah, it goes on top of the thorns, the, the edge, nails of the tax strip. And then the ideal beyond that is that the, the carpet goes in before the uh, the edge molding yeah. goes in or the floor molding goes in on the outside of that. And then that helps yeah. to mimic the edge uh, or mimic, not mimic, but uh, obscure the edge of the tack line from that strip. It goes on the outside. So and I, I mean, it, obviously, it changes by an inch. It changes right. between masonry and then um, uh, some yeah. floor. So there's a lot of things to go into it. So. But anyway, this is my brain. My brain has to figure out how things work. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. No, I, I figured all that color stuff out the when I was a, is. I must have been like eight or, or seven or something when I started figuring all that out. Yeah. So when I look at yeah. a build, back to scale modeling i look at like okay i like pistons i like mechanical systems how do i integrate that like when on famine i have a huge piston on the back of one of the legs and the way i handled like the whole designing of it was in, in the eyes of an engineer rather than an artist going like i like this this looks cool and just making it work but i do think that there is some crossover i don't i don't know i'm i'm, I'm rambling at this point but you guys get the gist no you're yeah. not I don't know how to put it. Yeah, I, Engineers, I they're weird. Both sides of your brain <clears throat> work in cohesion when you do shit like OMC stuff. Hmm. You know, like you're creating and you're playing by the book. Mm-hmm. It's your sure. own book, but I really do feel that it's a, it's a good amalgamation. Yeah. Like Pab said with cars, how because it's locked in a realistic representation, like there is a real thing that you can reference. I do that a lot. I reference stuff that I see in my my art, in my work. I'm like almost essentially locked in the same way Paz was saying that most traditional armor and car enthusiasts are because they, they are locked into matching the reality. I'm not trying to match the reality, but I can't break away from what's real. Um, the I want to make the robots too real. (laughs) Oh, okay. For robots, well, robots, I, you know, that's subjective. It's hard. But then I go and make the Cerulean Project build where it's basically a giant robot stabbing itself with a, you know, large lady that doesn't exist. (laughs) It's hard to write this line of creativity and and I don't know what you call an engineer's brain versus. No, I think that that's actually, I think that that's a, I think that's a fairly honest um boundary Hmm. right um i feel like (laughs) if you if you went way too deep like too much more deep like i feel like well obviously then 
Yeah, he'd be too deep, but I feel like you're to pay you money for that. It's like a a therapy session. (laughs) I think I feel like your interpretation (laughs) is like very um, it's it's incredibly. I mean, if people haven't seen it yet, go ahead and uh, pick up the Cerulean Project uh, volume three. Um, But yeah, um, Kyle's work um, with the Evangelion series that I've been uh, a vehement fan of since the 90s. Mm. um is uh is incredible um i i was able to i'm I've, i'm a little duff to my cap here but kyle <laughs> asked me a couple questions on it uh yeah. when he did his shit but it's fucking beautiful and there's no reason that um that i should talk any further <laughs> so, um, before, before we write this up i i i, I there is a, a way to kind of um explain your process kyle mm. it's um i, I kind of want to call what you have analytical creativity so it's it's like, like um, it's a pull yeah. it's a pull between your uh your analysis and application of something creative that doesn't exist but would work if it did mm. i like that that's a good i that i like that's good explanation that makes sense my brain yeah, is you accepting like, of these words. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like if you met another Kyle, um, oh you God, know, let's let's me. call him let's call him Lyle, right? <laughs> Lyle and Jar- Lyle Jarrett, right? So so he's a he's a he's an engineer. He's you know he's he's just like you, right? If he if you invited him to your house and you showed him one of your builds, right? He can he that person can imagine how things work and why you applied those things to where you put them. So it's like you, like you are explaining without explaining. Mm-hmm. Telling the story in some convoluted manner. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not, well, see that. So it's not narration. It's explanation. Yeah. This is not really a story. It's just explaining how it works, how right. it be, how it do Visually. like the train. I'm telling you how the train works. Yeah, with just a visual cue, though. Yeah, like like ex- nice. exploding. Um, you ever seen those? Those are really cool. And we're going on another tangent, but like SolidWorks, <laughs> Brian's familiar with this. You can literally build yeah. an assembly and then explode it and see all of its different parts. And mm. Like they, they did that with sure. a Formula One car. Showed every single nut and bolt and strut and everything in between. Oh, there goes a piece of paper. Um, and like explode all the true, parts and true. hung it as an art piece, and it was really cool to see yeah. all the different pieces true. that make this car true drive really fast. Simulations, on the track. right? Yeah. Kyle? yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not what that's not what Chris is talking about. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm saying <laughs> Tambulio. That's what yeah. my my narrative complete explanation is doing. Yo, you guys have grown a lot <laughs> the past few decades, and I truly appreciate where each of you come from. It really is like a diverse. We have a diverse group. It's fucking wild. How do I we think that's even... what makes the that's what makes the conversation interesting too? Because we don't we don't all just agree with each other. We're like, yeah, Kyle's all right. No, you're not. <laughs> no, so, you're not. Come, <laughs> on, come on, guys. Let's be realistic here. <laughs> no, it's, it's like I, and um and my wife kind of said this too. You know, because she listens to a ton of, of different podcasts, not ours apparently, but you know, <laughs> she listens to a ton of them. Fix that. <laughs> Love that. Cool um, guys. She, she, she listens to a ton of podcasts and she says the most interesting ones are the one are the ones where the, the people who are talking don't always agree with each other because it's, it's more interesting to have 
a, a conversation yeah. rather than to be like, oh yeah, you're right. Oh no, you're right. No, 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 you're right. So, <laughs> We're so, so right. <laughs> High five, bro. <laughs> and this is exactly yeah. why we, we made this podcast and why, you know, why I include you guys in stuff like Critical Bills because we have different viewpoints and um, hopefully people who are listening and, 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 you know, kind of been following us for almost 30, well, when this comes out, maybe 40 episodes in, oh, um, you know, understand and appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate you guys listening out there in the world. As always, thanks to all patrons. I forgot exactly who. And Austin. <laughs> they know who they are. They know who they are. Thank you, USA Gundam, for these beautiful mics. They are fantastic. Uh, as always, it works you better with an up. arm, Julio. I don't need no <laughs> arms. Hit us up on our socials. Clueless underscore underscore underscore. Underscore one more underscore. Bro builders, Chris Pabs, and the Clipping Nubs. <laughs> I love it. You can also it. send emails to at built sideways at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Podcast.com. Um. <laughs> Don't forget yeah. to look at uh, Models for Ukraine too. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Charity publication. Fabulous modelers making cool shit. So all the proceeds go towards humanitarian efforts in the ongoing uh, assault on Ukraine. So yes. it's just crazy. It's still happening. Like it really dude, is. It's, it's stopped, insane. It's stopped, been almost a year. Still, yeah. Yeah, and three days. Guys are putting it up. They're fighting. Three days. Three days. Fucking fuck you, fucks. Get <laughs> fuck out. I um. Oh. On the flip side of that, uh, I, I mean, I guess we can announce this now. Um, uh, the uh, the OMC twenty twenty three uh, competition Ooh. is uh, opening oh. up soon. Yeah. Um, so uh, Cam announced that oh, he actually announced on Christmas Day that I am <laughs> one of the judges for this year's uh, oh, shit. Word up. So delicious. Um, you know, if you guys want to flex your creativity, you know, um, make something unique and, and something wild and outlandish with whatever materials you have, um, you know, check out the original Mecca competition on Facebook as well as uh, Instagram. Uh, is that is that the only ones, Brian? Facebook and no, there's a there's a website. There yeah. is website? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, exactly. There's a website. You can uh, see original, all the past original contests. It's pretty bare bones. Cam has got a lot on his plate. Um sure. you know, John John started this in twenty nineteen. Um and uh, I joined him this last year to kind of like help um like lighten the load. I don't know how much I lighten the load as much as I like accepted a shipping burden, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah, and helping. all of the prizes that are going out to everybody are fucking well-deserved. It's amazing to participate or not participate, to interact with all of the fantastic um, modelers that are into that shit. Like it is, it is the original Mecca contest. So you don't like the rules and the, Barriers to <laughs> enter your models. No People say, "Oh, it is not the RX seventy eight. Fuck off!" So you know, come make something cool, something fun. It, there is a um, yeah. There's a whole criteria on the website, and uh, thank you, Chris, for bringing this up, and thank you, Chris, for fucking helping us out this year as judging with all yeah, the other fabulous, well, also accredited. 
Yeah, I got, I got, oh, I got a real, I got a real sense of imposter syndrome when he told me who was fucking, who else was judging me. Welcome yeah. to the table. Yeah, welcome to the table, baby. <laughs> okay, I'm eating, so, I'm eating the steak with the big boys now. Apparently, so. <laughs> now, now to to the smaller table where the uh, the kids who play silly games sits. A couple episodes ago, I pushed a challenge to our listeners for the Kyleisms. I had uh, many Kyleisms suggested to me, and during this episode, I was able to finagle two of them into the conversation. <laughs> two? two of them. <laughs> I had a long list and I was like, okay, some of these were really good. I liked them because it was a challenge behind it. I was like, how do I pull this through? Because for Kyleism to work, it has to be natural. I can't just force it into conversation because even though they are very off the off topic, they have to still be to some degree. I'm a horrible liar. So I have to like be invested in the Kyleism as if it was my own thought. So I got two of them out. One very hard to call out because I didn't get a lot, a lot of chance to really nod on this one. The person who gave it to me will, will hear, their ears will ring when they hear the word. Um, the other one I put a little more emphasis into, so it's, it's, it should be easier to uh, pull out this episode. So do you guys know what those two ones were? <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> no Not one. Clue. I love this game, by the way, guys. Keep them coming. Oh, oh God. Do I tell you the answer? Or do we just leave it up to the audience to tell no, me what no, it no, is? No, 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 you gotta, yeah, 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 you gotta tell us. Okay, so I don't want to know. Um, halfway through this know. episode, halfway through this episode, I threw out how do balloons work? Water balloons, the elasticity and the, the criteria. That was one of them given to me. Uh, I believe uh, I do not remember the individual who gave it to me. Oh, I have to look man. back to my sources. And then the other one was the crow system. What? The robotic <laughs> machine gun attached to Humvee's oh. nail wraps. <laughs> oh my god. See, the glory of me being an engineer and off topic, an in- uh, introducer, as long as I just <sighs> talked about mechanical systems, is perfect for yeah. the character. This is, this is how ridiculous engineers are. I was just like, that sounds like a very engineer thing. I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but my, my uh, antithetical. Uh, destroy engineers' mind. I caught you, Brian. I caught you in the yeah. trap. I was like, yeah. this, will, this will get him. Got him. This yes. will get him. Got him. Got him. So, uh, again, I love this game. The guys seem to be having a good time as well. And you listeners, if you're enjoying this, give me more words. I like this. Um, a lot of suggestions were great. I'm going to keep some. So, if I didn't say it this episode, I'm, don't worry. I'm going to have a rolling list. I'm not <laughs> going to just get rid of it. Uh, I'm going to wait for the next chance to push some of these because oh man i love some of the suggestions you guys are giving me uh and again if you like this keep it coming this has been fun uh, i'm gonna do it anyway as we said <laughs> the last time i introduced this so i'd rather you guys be more involved in it because then it makes it fun for everybody so yeah let's let's keep it going awesome let the game so- continue <laughs> uh so as always guys build it sideways <laughs> And uh, have a great night. Bye. 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 Take it easy, guys.